You know, there was a few times when the Lord asked me to speak on a particular subject that I don't want to give the wrong idea, but there's a few times when it's like, I don't really want to talk about that, Lord. <laughs> there's a couple of times where it's like, you know, that wasn't really in my plan. That's not really uh, what I enjoy. And yet he continues to uh, give me the opportunity to either let him be God or, or I can be God. You know, either he could be the preacher or I could be the preacher, you know, or whatever it is in your life. You have that opportunity. You can you get to choose. Am I going to go down this path with the Lord or am I going to just continue on the path that I'm at? And the awesome thing about God is he he will still go with you. As long as you're not going away from him, as long as you're not going down some, you know, you're not getting into sin, but you're just deciding, I'm going to follow God the best that I can, and I'm going to do these things. And that's kind of what church, many times, that's the way church is. Uh, I grew up in church my whole life. I was just about born in church, I think, (laughs) you know. uh, And I thank God for every person who's willing to share the gospel and the truth that's in the Bible. I don't have any um, ill to speak of any of them. And I thank God, like I was born again in a church called the United Brethren in Christ. Little tiny denomination. Most people probably hadn't even heard of it. But thank God I was born again because they told me that I needed to know Jesus. And I walked down that aisle at four years old in a, 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 in a children's church with Danny Green. And we both kneeled down at the, at the altar and we asked Jesus into our heart. I thank God for that. And you know, they taught us that we needed to know Jesus. And you know, uh, later on in life, I moved, I moved around some. And I remember going back to that church. I was about, I don't know, 12 years old. And they prayed with me again to make sure that I know Jesus. And, and there was a great, um, they're a great evangelistic church that wants to make sure that everybody gets saved. And you know, we need those people. We need those people in the body of Christ. They're going to make sure that you understand that you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And and I went to other churches growing up and I've been blessed in a way. I feel like my parents, they weren't necessarily denominational people. They loved Jesus. And when I say that they both came from a denomination that they believed in, but they weren't looking for that denomination to go to church there. We went to a Nazarene church. We went to a Baptist church. We went to a a Reformed church. And and, um, the the good thing about that is when we'd get into doctrines that that we didn't really understand, I'd ask my parents about it. And they said, well, you know, we're here because they love Jesus. We're here because we can fellowship with other people that love Jesus. We may not agree completely on those things, but we love Jesus. And that's a great thing. But somewhere along the line, I had learned enough from them. And I've read enough of the word that I knew that there was something more that I needed than what they had given me. And so I started looking myself for my own church because I'm like, that's fine. There's some people, they're happy 
um, as long as they can be around people who love Jesus and they're going to serve God and they're going to do the things that they believe are right and they're going to be a good, productive people in society. And that's wonderful. But then there's some people that there's a there's a time in our life, I believe, for all of us that we get to a place where we're like, you know, I know God has something more for me and I've got to find that. I believe everyone has that desire. Some people are content walking in wherever they're at. But there are those of us who've decided, I want all that God has for me. And somehow, I wasn't able to receive that from those places, but I still thank God for them. And I thank God for those churches that are still teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. But here, we're on a journey. And we're wanting to enter into the fullness of what God has for us so that we can produce the vision that He has for Tulsa and for the world. Not that we're the only ones. See, that's what the enemy does. He'll come in and say, well, you're not the only one. So I remember the day that the Lord, the first day that the Lord spoke to me. The word that He said to me was this. He said, you, I have chosen you. You are the one that I've chosen. See, then the enemy comes and says, well, who do you think you are? You're the chosen one? <laughs> Look at you, you know. But what I realize is it doesn't matter. See, I can be the chosen one and you can be the chosen one. <laughs> because God looks at you. It doesn't matter that he's called someone else. He's called you. You know, the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he died, right? But you know that for God so loved me. And it's okay in that context. It's easy for us to go, well, yeah, he loves my neighbor too. And he loves this person. He loves that person. But see, when we start looking at how God has chosen us, sometimes we get intimidated and worried that, well, I'm nobody special because he also chose someone else. You know, but that's not true. He chose you. And each one of us has been put on a path. We've been chosen by God. And this group has been chosen to bring revival. It doesn't make us the only ones. It just makes us the chosen ones. We've been chosen by God to reach into God far enough to bring the supernatural, to bring the true maturity. I'm going to say it that way. I know that's not the words of the vision, but (laughs) what we're learning is that we're bringing the maturity of Christ in us to the world around us. And that's what he's doing is he's raising us up to walk in that. And that means walking in the things of the spirit where that which is spiritual is more real to us than that which is in the natural. Because my spirit man needs to mature to the place where it is stronger and more real to me than my natural man. My natural body, my natural desires, and those types of things. I touch on it because it's so important to me. It's, I believe it's the most important thing we can learn as um, believers is to learn to walk in the spirit. Because see, the church teaches us Things that will, when I say the church, I mean most of the church in in America teaches us how to be good people. 
And it's good to live a Christian life and to walk after the teachings of Christ and all those things. But really, we're talking about transforming into the person that you became when you were born again. When being born again, see, I traveled to other countries where born again is almost like a denomination. You know, I remember talking to a guy, he's a Catholic guy and he's a Christian man. I said, you've been born again. And he's like, oh no. I said, he's like, no, I'm, I'm Catholic. And I, I didn't realize he didn't mean that he wasn't born again. He didn't mean that he hadn't accepted Christ. He just meant that I'm not, you know, Protestant of your belief, I believe in the Catholic Church. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of become a catchphrase for Christianity in, in the U.S. even, you know, being a born-again Christian. It's just another name that we add to it. But it's not. It's not. It's what really happened to you when you accepted Christ, when you were changed from death to life. You were born into a new family. We've been born again. So it's important to understand what you were born into. We were born of the Spirit. And so now we have to learn to walk in the Spirit. Some people learn to walk in the Spirit when they're not born again. Some people, <laughs> she could tell you stories. There's some people that learn how to, how to yield themselves to the realm of the Spirit, whether they're born again or not. But as Christians, we can learn to flow with the Holy Spirit When we yield to the spirit realm, that's where we can understand how God moves and functions. And I know it can be very elusive. And even today, it's difficult for me to explain sometimes the realm of the spirit. Because it's kind of like, how do you explain the wind? You know, how do you tell somebody what wind is who's never experienced it and never been in the wind? (laughs) Because the truth is, you can't see it. Don't know where it's coming. Don't know where it's going. That's the wind. You know, that's not much of an explanation. Unless you can put them out there in the wind where they feel it on their face and they feel it in their, their being, then they go, oh, this is the wind. Right? Oh, you see that flag flapping over there? That's the effects of the wind. But if you've never been exposed to that, how would you know until you get out there? And you're like, wow, okay. That's the wind. Sometimes, for me, that's how it's been in the realm of the Spirit. When I was young, my older brother, Doug, which most of you know, um, he was the, the first charismatic one in our family. And uh, kind of just absolutely upset the boat. I mean, just, just rocked the boat, upset the apple cart, whatever. I mean, he turned everything upside down. There were... I don't know if I should tell this or not, but (laughs) there were fights that went on in our house because Doug got filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, and it's, and like I said, my parents were not necessarily tied to a denomination, but they didn't, they weren't exposed to those things of the spirit, didn't understand it and didn't really know, they didn't believe it. It wasn't that they, they were opposed to it. It's just they had never experienced it. How can you believe something you'd never seen before or heard or been, been taught? And so Doug comes home filled with the Holy Ghost, starts telling people that they should be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. And um, they didn't really like that. And then I was really, you know, I was like 10 years old and he prayed with me and got me filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with tongues. And then they were really upset because it's, <laughs> what right do you have to take, you know, our child and, and teach him these things? And, and so, but over the years, my parents began to 
uh, listen and understand. I don't know that they ever were filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with tongues, but my dad would ask me things like, what are some scriptures about that? And can you give me reasons why we do that? And he started listening to Brother Hagen, and he got healed in his body from different things. And so, you know, it, it began to to break down that wall that, that, that the natural man had put up saying, I already know these things. See, sometimes when we get to a certain age, we think we know everything that there is to know, especially if you grew up in church. You can say, well, I've heard that message before. You know, I've been down that road before. I understand that already. But see, I think what the Holy Spirit's teaching us through Alan is that maybe we don't fully understand. Spirit, soul, and body. But see, I've heard those messages. I could quote them. I could, I could give you word for word what some preachers have taught on a spirit, soul, and body. But yet, I'm seeing from a different perspective. And I'm beginning to understand differently that I have to have a, a better... Uh, I have to have different knowledge and a better understanding and a different perspective in order to really walk in the fullness of it. And be able to say, you know, I don't have it all. I've got to mature in certain things. So today, I believe, at least a portion of what I'm going to talk to you about, is I'm going to talk to you about prophecy. And really, more than prophecy, I'm going to talk to you about the way God speaks. And the way that we flow with him in the realms of the spirit to manifest his word in the earth. I'll probably go a little slow because I'm trying to really get all that the Lord's trying to say here. About a year ago, maybe a little more, um, I was coming to minister. I believe it was 830 service. It doesn't matter. But on a Sunday morning and uh I had already prepared. I'm already ready to go. And I get into my vehicle. And the Lord said to me, I want you to talk about prophecy. And I said, I haven't prepared anything about prophecy. Uh, I mean, I, I know about it, but I've never really taught on prophecy. I don't, I, I, I don't know uh, how you want me to do that. And it was almost like God was saying, good. You know, you know, then uh, then then we'll we'll be able to do this, you know. And so I, I did. I, I spoke on that that morning, and since then, I've been wanting to really get in and study and and share more about that. And the Lord had always kind of uh, held me back in that area, not let me go there. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But this week, He spoke to me very clearly that He wanted to talk about prophecy, but. Uh, and this is why I want to talk more about the way God speaks because I knew that it wasn't just about prophecy, the technical um, workings and uh, word prophecy, but it was more about the way God speaks and how He directs us in the realms of the Spirit. Sometimes, God, sometimes when the Lord is speaking... And I'll give you some scripture on this, but some of it comes from experience and just a biblical principle. And you have to understand that many times when God speaks, you might hear a word, a phrase, you may hear actual words in your language. 
But remember, he's speaking from the realm of the Spirit. And, God can, and there can be so much attached to that word that there's more to it than what he just said. Like for me, when he said, I want you to speak on prophecy. Well, I heard that. But, but along with it, there was an understanding that this is more than just prophecy. Now, let's look to begin. I want to be uh, uh, very careful about this because in the New Testament, prophecy is different than in the Old Testament. A little bit. It's a, I shouldn't say it that way. Prophecy has a different role in the New Testament than in the Old Testament. So just to lay a little bit of a foundation, we'll look here at Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So understand there's a change in, in dispensation. In the, in the old covenant, under the, old, under the law, before Jesus, God spoke to us by the prophets. He spoke to our fathers, our forefathers who spoke to them by the prophets, but today he speaks to us by his son Jesus. Uh, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. All right, so that's what I want to make clear before I begin speaking about prophecy is that you understand God speaks to you in the spirit he speaks to you directly. You, have, you don't need a man to tell you what God is saying to you. Okay? You have within you the, the Holy Spirit. He bears witness with your spirit, your inner man, that you're a child of God. In other words, how do you know that you're born again? Well, number one, we know from the Word of God because it tells us that if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that if we believe with our mouth, if we believe with our heart and we say with our mouth that Jesus has uh, died for us and God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. So we know that by faith. But there's something more than that because it wasn't just a religious ritual that you went through when you asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. And if it was, then maybe you're not really born again. And I'm not saying that to uh, confuse anyone. I'm saying something happened to you when you got saved. It was more than just a confession of your words. The Holy Spirit came and He now dwells in you. And He bears witness with your spirit. There's more than... I know I'm going to heaven not just because the Bible tells me so. 
But because it's in me. I know that. I mean, there is a witness on the inside of me that no one can change my mind as to whether or not I've been saved. Because I've developed that and I've gotten to know him. And that witness has gotten stronger and stronger over the years. And that's one area the devil is not going to fight me on because he already knows that I'm not going to listen to him. You can't tell me I'm not saved. You can't tell me I'm not going to make it to heaven. Because there's that witness in me that tells me I'm the son of God. And I know my home is with him. So it's important that when we talk about prophecy as being the spoken word of God from one person to another person or group of people, that's wonderful and it's good and it's good to receive God's word that way. But realize that the only word you need is that word from God, that inner witness within you, the voice of the Spirit, that's what you need and that's what you need to follow. Now, He gives us prophecy to help us, and, and I think you should have prophecy in your life. I think you should have men of God in your life who can speak uh, the truth of God's Word. But as Alan talked about this morning, you only have one teacher, and that's the Holy Spirit. So if I'm teaching you something, and it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, then you have the right to go to the Holy Ghost yourself and say, teach me this, Lord, because I don't understand this. You know, I could give you an example. Pastor Dave taught Romans 8 for however many years that he taught it and talked about that, you know, Romans eight eleven, which I'm not going to get into that today, but it, it really was a problem for me when he said that was his human spirit. That raised Christ from the dead. I thought well that can't be. God raised Christ from the dead. The Holy Spirit. But see the Holy Spirit. Empowered his human spirit. To bring life to his body. And so the spirit of Christ raised him from the dead. I didn't understand. But see Dave didn't teach me that. He did. But the Holy Spirit taught me. Had, I had to have the Holy Ghost show me. What that really meant. And see it for myself. And so it wasn't that Dave was wrong, but I couldn't get the full revelation from him. I had to get it from the Holy Ghost. So that's what I'm going to say to you today, that no matter what uh, uh, a man tells you, whether it be in teaching and doctrine and in preaching or in prophecy, we need to have the Holy Spirit teach us so that it bears witness with our spirit and then we can walk in it. I know many people who made plans based on a prophecy that they were given that was not a true prophecy for their life. And it's very dangerous. I know a man who got married because of a prophecy that, um, that someone spoke over his life and his marriage was not successful. And he wasn't to marry that person. I'm not saying that people don't make mistakes or whatever. I'm not trying to uh, condemn someone for prophesying whatever they believe God is saying. I'm just saying it's up to us as we receive a word of prophecy to uh, bring it to the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in it in His light and not in the light of the prophet or the man of God that, that, that spoke that to us. Now, let's get into prophecy just a little bit. And some of this is just going to come from my experience and my understanding based on what the Word of God says. Uh, From what I can tell, there are a few different categories of prophecy. I'd call it categories. There's some prophecy that God has given that He has set in place for a specific time, for a specific reason, and you cannot 
alter that prophecy. That's just the way it is. It's going to happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. But that's, in my opinion, that's a very tiny part of how prophecy is um, manifested in, in the church and the way that God does things with prophecy. But let's just look real quickly at one example And this is in the life of Jesus, Matthew chapter 2. This was, you know, when Jesus was a baby, a child. Um, I'm just going here to bring out one prophecy. It's not really, this subject is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the prophecy that's here. It says, so let's just go to 2 verse 16. It says, and Herod, when he saw that he was mocked, of the wise men was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men when then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet saying in Ramah was the voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. Now, um, that doesn't mean the prophet was saying that all these people have to die and that's what's going to happen. But what was happening there is the prophet was seeing something and he was telling you this is what's going to happen. And so there's that type of prophecy that foretells what's going to happen. And it's not something that is necessarily a warning or something that can be changed. But it's just an announcement that this will happen. And so there's that type of prophecy that comes forth when uh, a person is yielding to the Spirit of God. And God is bringing forth His Word. Now, the best definition I have for what prophecy really is, is it's... A message, an inspired message from the Holy Spirit spoken in a known language to another person or group. So it's a message from the Holy Spirit spoken in a known language to another person or group. And that one category is an announcement, a declaration of what is to come uh, that is not contingent on your actions it's simply a declaration this is what will happen in a way some of what we speak here is in a prophetic uh, tone you could say because prophecy another form of prophecy would be forth telling the word of God Uh, to an individual or a group. So you're telling the message that God has given for that individual, for that group. It may not necessarily be uh, foretelling the future. It could be just God's plan, God's idea, God's um, mind for that moment, for that person, for that group. That's also uh, another category of prophecy. And then I believe the most common that we see Uh, is what is talked about in 1 Corinthians when Paul said prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And so that's mostly what we see in the New Testament through the body of Christ. Is What we should see is prophecy that brings edification, exhortation, or comfort. You're built up. You're taught. 
you're comforted. And that's really what the purpose of prophecy is in the New Testament, is to bring that to pass. All right, so let's look for a moment at 1 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 12 first. We'll just start in the first verse. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, um, for you know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So, Paul is letting us know here that he doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. I say it that way. I know it says concerning spiritual gifts, but, but to me it's more than that. We're talking about things of the Spirit. Prophecy is a gift of the Spirit, but it's something that happens in the realm of the Spirit that is manifested in the natural. Prophecy is not the only thing that happens that way, but that's what we're kind of focusing on today. Um, verse 7, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For one is given to the Spirit, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. By the same Spirit to another faith, by the same Spirit to another gifts of healing, by the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, um, you've heard Alan and... Uh, Gary both talk about that the revival that we're looking for is not just a gifts revival. In other words, these gifts are um, uh, made available to every calling that there is. There's gifts that will manifest in that calling. But I also believe that this is a way that God moves. It, it gives us an example of how God moves in the Spirit, in the realms of the Spirit. God, what, what is He wanting to do? He's wanting to heal. He's wanting to bring miracles. He's wanting to bring His wisdom. He's wanting to bring words of knowledge. He's wanting to bring prophecy into our lives. And it comes from that spiritual realm. And when we come in together and we're keyed to listen to the realm of the spirit we can hear what God is saying to us as individuals we can understand what the Holy Spirit is doing now we have a minister that stands in front of us like I'm doing today but my basically my job is to interpret what the Holy Spirit is doing in this service today to get to the best of my abilities to flow with him and allow him to move how he wants to and my hope is that I get uh tuned in enough that I'm able to speak to your spirit, those of you who are tuned in, and you'll receive what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and what he has for you. Not just what I have to say, because really, uh, uh, and Gary said this, I'm taking it from him because it was really good. He says, my job is not to tell you what I know, it's to tell you what I hear. Because see, uh, so many times we are desirous to let somebody else know how much we know. And that's not what, that's not really our job. That's not what God has uh, uh, equipped us for. It's good to know, uh, to have the knowledge of the Word of God and to have it available, but it's not so that you can get into a word debate and show someone else how much you know. 
See, we learn these things so that we can flow with Him and we can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Sometimes He might be saying, walk away. (laughs) Don't say anything more to that person. You know, we're like, but they need to be born again. I know. That's why you need to walk away. (laughs) That's why you need to quit bugging them. That's why you need to quit getting in my way. Let me flow with my spirit. You planted the seed. Let me come and water it. Let me do what I do. See, that's why, yes, we're going to see, in my opinion, we're going to see the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. But it's going to come in a way where uh, no man is getting the glory. What's happened many times, I believe, uh, in the revivals that we've seen that are gift revivals, some guy gets up and tells you all the things you can do because of what's happening in his life. But what's happening in his life is only based on these gifts that accompany his call. He hasn't really developed his relationship with God where he's walking and flowing with the Holy Ghost. He's just using what he knows and what he's learned to manifest something that everybody can see and to bring glory to himself. But see, the gifts are not designed for that reason when we understand how to walk in love and we realize that they flow from that place of love and the Holy Spirit wants to bring the manifestations of the Spirit by the Spirit. You know, there are times that because of the calling that's on my life, because of the anointing, there are times I could step into realms just because I want to, not because the Lord's leading me there. You know, there are times I could just walk around praying in tongues and I could give a word to almost every person in here. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that's just because the gifting, the anointing that's on my life. But see, that's doing it because I want to. That's tapping into something. God's always there. He's willing to flow. He's willing to do it. And He will. But that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're after. Because then... I. I don't know what that will produce in your life, but when the Holy Spirit does it, I know it's going to produce what He has in mind for that service, for that time, for that moment. And so it's important that we understand that prophecy is given, yes. And there are those who will call themselves prophets. And I don't really mean to go into the office of the prophet today, but we'll probably mention it. It's something that I'm passionate about and I have to be careful because there are men who call themselves prophets that uh, should not be speaking the things that they're saying. And when I hear it, sometimes I can get very uh, angry and I, and I have to be careful because I'm, I'm, I'm not called to judge them. But we are called to be aware of what's going on in the earth and not to succumb to those who are speaking uh, out of their own abilities and not by the Spirit of God. Hmm. You know, there are some, uh, there are people in the world that don't know Jesus, that are not born again, that can prophesy into your life. There are, um, what do they call them? Psychics or mediums or whatever. And some of them, some of them are just for entertainment and they're taking your money or whatever, but there are some that really are yielding to the Spirit. And some of them, if they're not yielding to the Spirit, if they're not careful, they're going to be. <laughs> and and uh, there are demonic spirits that will help them and assist them. And you know, even born-again, Spirit-filled believers can yield themselves to a familiar spirit, can, can speak a prophetic word into your life that's not from the Holy Ghost. And you go, well, he, he read my mail. He knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, it may be. But that doesn't mean that it was God. 
Hallelujah. So, um, again, when Paul says that no man can say Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost, he's not talking about the phrase, Jesus is the Lord. I was involved with some groups when I was young. We cast out demons. We did things like that. And there were some that they would say, can you say Jesus is Lord? Because we knew that if they could say that, that then they must not be, you know, must not have a demon. Because if you got a demon, you're not going to be able to say that Jesus is Lord. But that's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying, look, if you're really coming by the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit, then your life is going to display the life of Jesus. There's going to be evidence that Jesus is Lord over your life and that the Lordship of Jesus Christ is being spoken through you, being lived out through you, and that Jesus is Lord. Now, it does mean that He's not going to be saying, you know, that someone else is Lord. He's not going to be leading you another direction. But it's not just talking about that phrase, Jesus is Lord. But it means all that he's saying and all that he's doing is going to glorify and edify Jesus as the Lord. And not building himself up or his ministry up or some other thing up. But really leading you to him. And that's how we can judge whether this person is really has the mind of the Spirit, or if He's just, you know, uh, just showing off with some, mm, I don't want us to be that rude about it, but just showing some magic tricks, you know. We want to know that the people that we're listening to are glorifying, edifying Jesus as Lord. Let's uh, jump over to 1 Corinthians 14. Really, this chapter is probably speaks more of prophecy than any other place in, in Scripture. And this, of course, is for the New Testament. So, we have, starting in verse 1, Follow after charity, or love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. So, there's a bunch of people that will hold prophetic conferences and will tell you about prophecy and, and will say, see, the more important thing in your life, it's not these other gifts, it's not these other moves of the Spirit, but it's prophecy, because that's what it says here. But let's see if that's really what he means. He said, follow after love, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Okay, but is it still important to speak in an unknown tongue? I mean, uh, he says that in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So, but he that prophesies speaks unto men for edification and exhortation and comfort. That he, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Okay, so there are some who would take this and say that it's more important to prophesy than to speak with tongues. I mean, is that what he said? In a public assembly, or when I'm speaking to another person, 
it really does not do that person any good if I stand before them and speak in other tongues because they don't understand what I'm saying. And that's really all Paul is pointing out here is that when you're ministering to another person or group, then I would rather that you spoke in English and give out a message by the Spirit than for you to stand up there and speak in other tongues where no one can understand it unless you interpret And see, in my life, tongues and interpretation has been a gift that's manifested from the time that I was born again. I was the first person that I ever heard speak with tongues and interpretation. I'd heard about it. I'd heard people tell me that it was possible. I'd heard people speak with tongues, but I'd never heard tongues and interpretation uh, until the day that the Lord spoke to me. And when he spoke to me, he spoke that to me through tongues and interpretation. And so... For whatever the reason, that's the gift that has uh, manifested in my life. Many times when I, if I'm trying to flow with the Spirit of God, I tend to gravitate towards that. I'll start speaking in tongues, sometimes for interpretation, and sometimes it's just to kind of listen to what's going on in the realm of the Spirit. But I asked the Lord recently, I said, why? Because honestly, it would have been easier in my life if I could just prophesy and just speak in English. There would be less people asking me questions. There would be less people telling me how I should or shouldn't do things. I've had men tell me, ask me, why do you stand up there and speak in tongues for for so long and then in English? We don't know what you're saying anyway. What what good does that do? You know, I had someone tell me one time that, well, if you're going to speak with tongues, you should wait for someone else to give the interpretation because that's, you know, the scriptural way to do it. And then I had a man prophesy over me that I would not prophesy in tongues so much, but in, but more in English. And <laughs> I've had all of these things. And so I was like, Lord, why? Why do I speak with tongues and interpretation? And, and this is what he said to me. He said, uh, because I want to demonstrate to my people the way that I move in the earth in this dispensation. He said, tongues is a part of this dispensation that the enemy has tried to remove. And I want you to be a demonstration of my spirit, how I move, and an understanding that tongues is for today. And so um, it's been, although at times difficult, obviously here it's not difficult. Everyone (laughs) believes in tongues and interpretation, but sometimes even in my own mind, I've had to fight and say, you know, why Lord, uh, why am I giving another prophecy? Why am I speaking again in tongues and interpretation? You know, um, why can't I just preach? (laughs) Why can't I just do what you called me to do? But see, all of us are called to walk in the spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in our life. And it doesn't have to be behind the pulpit. It's at your workplace. It's in your home. As a mother, as a father, as a son, as a daughter, we are to follow the Holy Spirit. And we are to walk in the realms of the Spirit and allow Him to have His way so that we hear the words that He's speaking. Whether it be prophecy that's spoken out, from another person or even from ourselves or it be God speaking in the realms of the spirit it's important for us to to know how to hear that to grab that and to walk in that and it doesn't come automatically I wish it did there are some people I've heard 
that even before they were born again, they heard God speak to them and had said certain words to them and those types of things. And that's great. But most of those things are because someone is praying for them. Someone is opening up a channel, a means of authority where God is able to speak into their life. But that person has not yet really learned how to discern the voice of God. Now, he can come in such a way that, you, that it's undeniable and doesn't matter <laughs> what you say or think. You know God spoke. There's times when he comes that way, but that's not what we hear all the time. And honestly, that's probably the, it's definitely the smallest portion that I have ever heard the Lord speak. I've heard him in what you might call, an, what I would call an audible voice, although it wasn't audible because there were people around me that didn't hear it one time. I heard him speak that way one time. But many times, many, many, many times, he's spoken to me by the inner witness. He's spoken to me with a vision, a picture, a understanding. And many times he's spoken with a, 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 a voice that's very similar to my own thoughts or, or my own way of thinking. And I have to determine, is that the Lord or is that me? And see, in order for us to really receive all that God has for us, we have to understand that we're called to walk in the Spirit. And to do that, it means that our mind has to be renewed to the things of God and the ways of God and the, um, the thoughts and intents that He has for us and for the earth. And oftentimes it's just the opposite of the way the world does things. The way the world sees things. We have to realize Jesus said the greatest of all. The greatest is servant of all. See in the world the greatest of all is the one who rules over everything. But see that's not how, that's not how God sees it. You want to be the greatest? You become a servant. You humble yourself. And you know, we have to learn to be, we have to be able to lose control of our life. We have to be able to let go of our own way of thinking, our own ideas, our own preconceived picture of what God has called us to and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't really know what it is that you have for me, but I'm willing to follow you. I have this little picture. I have this little word. I have this idea from you, and I'm going to hold on to that. But I'm holding tightly on things of the Spirit and your leadership and your direction. I'm going to hold that tighter than my idea of the picture of what you called me to. See, many, many years ago... Um, I say many, many, but I'm not that old. But, but uh, probably 17 years ago, when God spoke to me a very specific word, and He said, I've called you to, I've given you the continent of Africa. And um, at that moment, it was so big, it was so uh, uncomprehensible that I didn't, it, it really, to be honest with you though, it wasn't just a word. And that's kind of what I'm wanting to, to get at today, the true spirit of prophecy is more than words. 
It's more than instruction. It's more than direction. But there is a grace upon it to fulfill what God has said in the mind that He delivers. God is not going to tell you something without equipping you to do what He's asked you to do. Or He's not going to tell you something without equipping you to be prepared for what's coming. If it's a future type uh, word that he gives you information about the future. He's not just going to give you those words to be speaking words. God doesn't speak to hear himself talk. He doesn't speak so that you can hear what he has to say. He speaks to bring you what is necessary in order for you to accomplish what he is saying in the message. So when the Lord said that to me, so I've given you the continent of Africa. Along with that, it was not the words that really um, impacted me. It was the authority, the anointing, the uh, seriousness in which it was spoken. That it was like someone just dropped something on top of me, that went through me and was inside of me and was deposited on the inside of me. See, real prophecy is more than just speaking a word, but when you really receive it, the Holy Spirit is delivering something to you that will grow and develop and fulfill that purpose that He has given it to fulfill. When we say Jesus is Lord over Tulsa, it's not just words that we're speaking, but we're believing that we're going to be equipped to see Jesus Lord over Tulsa. When we say Tulsa is in revival, it's the same thing. We can say those words forever, but along with it, there is a grace and an anointing. And we didn't come up with those words because they sounded good. It was something that was put in the heart of Dave Roberson many years ago from the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, we have no business really saying those things. We could, by faith, try to accomplish that and work with the gifts of the Spirit to bring it to pass. But when God says it, now we're working with His anointing, His grace, His idea. And it's no longer us trying to make it come to pass. It's us receiving from Him so that He can bring it to pass. And that's the difference between our ideas And God's ideas. That's the difference between prophecy and uh, words, confessions of faith. It's good to have confessions of faith. And there's certain times when we need those things. When we're believing God for a certain thing. But it ought to line up with something that God's already told us. See, I confess the word. A month from today, I'm going to be getting on an airplane to go to Africa. And I confess every day that God has provided everything that we need for this trip. Everything that is going to come to pass. But why do I say it? I'm not just in faith, hoping that that will come to pass because it's a desire that I have in my heart. But I'm speaking it because God has already said it. He's already given me the word. He's already given me the instruction. And along with it comes the grace To accomplish it. So that prophecy works in my life. And I can wage war with it. Because of the anointing that's on it. Because it's from the Lord. It's not just from my own ideas. My own thoughts. Now sometimes prophecy comes. uh, uh, Even in the teaching. The doctrine that we learn. And that that we speak. It is prophetic in nature because if, I should say it that way, it's prophetic in nature if it comes from the mind of God. And I believe that every minister 
from this pulpit and in most pulpits, are, their desire is to bring the mind of Christ to the people. It's their desire uh, to bring what God is saying and doing for the people. Now, some of them uh, may not know how to do that, and they're doing the best they can. They're learning and walking in uh, what's available to them. And that's what we're doing. We're learning that there's more available than just preparing a message and studying the Word. While that's all part of it, what it really is is learning to yield to the Spirit and letting His mind be released to the people, to ourselves and to those around us. And it's the same thing in our personal life. We, it's good to have Bible study. You need to have Bible study. If you're not reading your Bible, I'm telling you, you should read your Bible. Okay, I'm not saying don't read your Bible. That's very important. It is the most, more sure word of prophecy that we have is the word of God that's written. We know that it's true. It's infallible. It's God's word. But along with that, we need that Word from the Lord for our situation. And you know, many a times, many, many, many times, and I think this is probably the most powerful way that God speaks, is He'll reveal to you a scripture that'll speak to your situation. From the written Word of God, He'll speak to your situation. And it may not be that that scripture itself tells you what to do, but it brings comfort, it brings the uh, direction that you needed. You're like, oh, you're right, I forgot, I, I hadn't looked at it that way before, Lord. You're right, this is the way I should be acting in this situation. This is how I should respond to this person. And, he, and that, to me, it, no matter how He speaks to you, whether it be uh, through the Word of God, through a voice that you that you hear in in uh, in the spirit, which again that can be difficult to describe and to define. But but um, there's a teaching on the website called discerning God's voice, where Pastor Dave has really broke down where you can hear that voice. Because the truth is that voice sounds so much like your voice. It's not like he. It's not like God. You know, comes with the another man's voice and speaks to your mind but he's but he uses your intellect to speak and so you're going well which one's God and which one's me well when you learn by praying in the Holy Spirit you learn to identify that channel where those tongues are rising up from that's the channel that God is speaking to you in and you'll begin to recognize the difference between that and that which comes from the outer man or the the mind uh, the uh, you know the outer man's mind, if you will, and that which is coming from the spirit. But however he speaks, whether he speaks, you know, through a a, a spoken word, if he speaks from a, a another person, uh, we'll use the word prophet. I don't mean they necessarily stand in the office of a prophet, but they're prophesying to you, or he speaks through a vision or picture on the inside that you see. All of those things should line up with the Word of God, the written Word. And it's very important that we find scriptures that will support what God is saying because it, it, gives, it, it builds our faith to be able to stand on the truth of what we heard. We're confirming it and walking in it. Brother Hagin said this, I believe, I heard someone talking about what Brother Hagin said actually, so <laughs> it's kind of third party. But I think he, he said he did a poll and I believe it was for 17 years. 
And he would ask people when they come up for prayer, what do you believe in God for? And they'd tell him and he'd say, what scripture are you standing on for that? And I think uh, it was like maybe one or two in ten that would have a scripture that they were standing on. Only about half of them even knew what they were coming up for prayer for. You know, it's like, well, I just want prayer. What is it that you're believing God for? And for some people, that's a foreign thought. What do you mean? What am I believing? Like I'm actively supposed to be doing something? Yes, we're we're believing God for something specific in our life. And and many times, see the difference between... the difference between the faith message where you, you use your faith to uh, get something for your life. And by the way, that works. If you believe in God for something specific that you need or, or even that you desire, you can build your faith and you can confess the word of God and, and, and you can bring those things to pass. But the difference between that and what I'm talking about today is that we're not deciding what we want and putting our faith to it but we're asking the lord what it is that he has for us we're putting our faith in in that and so it still takes faith you know just because god says he's got something for you just because god said i've given you the continent of africa it doesn't just fall into my lap it still takes faith the bible says the just shall live by faith and i still have to fight a good fight of faith to have all that i need in order to fulfill all that god has called me to it doesn't happen overnight. I still have to grow into it. I was listening to a message that um, I preached about 10 years ago. And I was in a place that uh, was very, very difficult financially. And, I, and, and as I was listening to it, I almost had tears coming down my face because I was like, I remember that. But see, uh, and I went to a, a specific meeting, a, a church meeting that someone had invited me to. And there's a man there that was a prophet. And he really is a true prophet of God. I came in late. He didn't see me. He didn't know who I was. And at the end of the service, he had called me out and he said to me, you have learned how to provide in the natural. And God is going to teach you how he provides in the supernatural. Now, when he spoke that to me, uh, I don't know what else happened. It was as if... uh, it was as if I was taken out of that room and it was just, I was by myself somewhere. And I could hear the voices of other ministers that have been in my life and I could hear the truths of what they had said. And one thing that I heard, it was Brother Hagen's voice and he talked about, the Lord told him, or he was arguing with the Lord and he said, God... Your word says, the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. I've done everything you told me to do. And here I am struggling. And the Lord said, you've been obedient, but you haven't been willing. And that night, see, I heard the word from the prophet. But along with it came an anointing. It came the Spirit of God, where the Holy Spirit could could give to me what was necessary to see that word come to pass. And when, when that hit me, I made the adjustment in my life. And without exaggeration, in 30 days, my financial situation was turned around. And when I say we were in a bad situation, we had two, 
Two houses at the time, both of them facing foreclosure. I had just gotten out of the hospital with a $5,000 hospital bill. We had all of the bills for our house, whether it be electric or gas or water, were behind. And I can tell you without exaggeration, everything was caught up in 30 days. Now... I'm not saying that, again, it's not to brag, and I'm certainly not saying that's how God does things. I'm not telling you to look for some great uh, miracle to change your situation. What I'm saying is that when we receive a word from the Lord, along with it comes the anointing and the grace of God, if we'll receive it, that we can walk in it. And if, and if someone says they have a word for you, brother... And and it doesn't come with that anointing and it doesn't come with that strength and it doesn't come with that tangible oil of the Holy Ghost, then I, I would be skeptical of it. I'm not saying that you have to have oohs and ahs and it's got to feel good every time. I'm saying that you, it ought to be recognizable that God is speaking and not just somebody telling you something you want to hear. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 6, Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak, except I shall speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? And even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they have a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound... Who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I know... Not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, ye so much, ye for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel in the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I'll pray in the Spirit. And I'll pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit. How shall he that occupied the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks. Seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. For verily thou givest thanks well. But the other is not edified. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. These are some of our favorite scriptures. These are some of the things that Pastor Dave has taught us through the years. And it's very important that we don't lose track of why we're doing what we're doing. And we don't let go of the foundation that we've been given. And that is praying in other tongues. Because if we want to see these manifestations of the Spirit, like what, what Paul said there, he said that we should desire spiritual gifts. Or we should desire the manifestations of the Spirit. Or we should desire to flow in spiritual realms. 
But we should really, it should be for the purpose to edify the church. The purpose to edify other people. See, we want to see miracles take place. But you know, there's a part of the outer man. There's a part of your flesh that wants to see miracles take place so that people know that miracles took place through you. There's a part of you that wants the recognition. And um, that's not abnormal. That's something that I believe every person has to go through. But it's important that we go through it. And we don't allow that to continue in our life. Because as long as we're seeking the recognition, then we have a place that the enemy can use in our life, it's as if the anointing can be bought. With enough recognition, you'll go anywhere. You'll do anything. And when you begin to flow with the Spirit, people recognize it. They notice it. Uh, When I I was pastoring a church for five years in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and people would start bringing people to me and say, this man prophesies. You know, know, he'll give you a word. I'm like, no, I, I... I don't do that. You know, they're like, I said, yes, I prophesy, but I'm not here to tell you, you know, you don't get to come up and put a coin in the slot and get your, your prophecy. You know, it doesn't work that way. But you know, honestly, uh, it could. Like I could have said, yeah, you know what? For 50 bucks, I'll give you a word from the Lord. You want to honor the prophet? You get the prophet's reward. Come and serve the prophet, you know, and I could do that. And there are people, I I know I could do it because I've seen it done, okay? There are people who who do that. And it's unfortunate that um, we've allowed that into the church. I've been in meetings where I saw that happen. I remember Pastor Dave gave the testimony of when he was going to Mexico, you know, and he'd been traveling for quite a while and his outer man wasn't very dressed up, right? He's not, doesn't look all that clean and he comes in the back of the church and, and someone said, oh, you know, this guy's giving a word. Go up there and give him, he was, he wanted $100, I think, and he'll give you a word. And so somebody gave him 50 and Dave says, well, I thought I was getting a deal, you know, and he goes up and puts the $50 there and, and he prophesies to Dave about how, you know, uh, God was going to help him and get him cleaned up or what, whatever it was. But what it did is it exposed him because the people there knew who Dave Roberson was. You see? And so there's those things that are going on in the world today. And we have to be aware that where God is taking us is those things should be like a foreign language to us where there's no way that we would allow that in our life. I'm going to follow the things of the Spirit for the purpose of knowing the Holy Spirit, for the purpose of seeing His plan come to pass in my life. And the reason I want His plan to come to pass in my life is so that He can manifest Himself to help you in your life. And it doesn't matter whether you remember who I am or not. You know, when I I go to Africa, the first time I went to Africa, I went to Kenya. And God was moving in such a way that I'd never seen before. And um, people were being filled with the Holy Ghost everywhere that I went. And, you know, I had gone to a, the main city there is Nairobi. And that's where we go into. And then we, from there we went to the villages. And it was to the place where I wanted to test it out because I thought every person that I asked them that they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, they start speaking in tongues. 
So we had this driver that, I don't know whether he, he was a Christian, but he wasn't really uh, that involved in the church. And, and uh, I asked him if he'd ever been filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, what does that mean? And so I explained it to him. And within just a few minutes, he's speaking in other tongues. We had a man that was our waiter at the hotel. And he's a Catholic boy. And I got to talking to him. And by the time the conversation was over, he's speaking in tongues. And we go to our services. There would be 10, 20, 30 people that would come up for prayer. And before I could lay hands on them, they start speaking in other tongues. And so the Holy Spirit was doing a work there. And I told them, I said, listen, you can forget who I am. (laughs) It doesn't matter if I I may not ever see you again, but I'm leaving you with a teacher. I'm leaving you with a comforter. I'm leaving you with someone that's going to be able to direct you and teach you and and, and lead you. And, And I believe this is the reason that we have to learn to flow with the Spirit of God and be matured and transformed to where our own ambition, that selfish ambition, any recognition that we want, anything that we would want to build out of that is washed away and it's only done by the Spirit of God. Because see, there are things that God wants to build, but He doesn't want it to be built on man's ambition. He wants it to be built on the Word of God and by the Spirit. And so it's not wrong to want to plant a church. It's not wrong to build a ministry. It's not wrong to do any of those things. But there's a difference between stepping out to build something because you want to see it done and building something by the Spirit of God because of what He has said should be done. So I hope today, um, I'm hoping today that you can understand uh, that I'm able to communicate to you that... God is inviting us and calling us to walk in a realm that is unfamiliar to the natural man. Hopefully it's not unfamiliar to you, but if it is, uh, it's still available for you to walk in. And I want to encourage you, if you have... If you've fallen out of prayer, see that's a phrase we used to use Meaning that you're not praying the way you used to pray. If you have allowed spiritual things to slip, now is an opportunity for you to repent. For you to ask the Lord to help you. And I believe today He can kickstart you in that direction so that we're following after spiritual things. Because you know, all of us live in this natural world. All of us have difficulties and each one of us could take the rest of the day to explain all the problems that we have in our life and why it would be easier for us to walk after the natural than after the spirit but when it come when we get to the end of all of that it doesn't matter he's called us to walk after the spirit he's called us to walk by faith and not by sight and to do that we have to make an effort to By the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body so that we can live. And we can live after the Spirit and have our life in the Spirit. And not bound up and uh, controlled by the things of this world. Hallelujah.